You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we talk all about the hot wife, cuckold, and BBC slash interracial lifestyles. And my goal with this is simple, and that's to separate fact from fiction and to give people an idea of what really goes on in a lifestyle, as opposed to a lot of the stuff that you, you read online. So today, what I, who I have with me... Um, as many of you know, I went to Splash in Atlanta uh, a few weeks ago. And while I was there, I encountered a couple and met them, hung out with them. Really, really great couple. And I, I really liked their story. And, um, and I asked them if they wouldn't mind being guest on the show. They were familiar with it. And fortunately for me, they agreed. So I want to take the time to introduce you to A and Liana. Won't you guys say hi? Hi there. Thanks for having us, Michael. My pleasure. Hey, <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure. Um, so just to get kind of give my listeners um, an, an idea, you guys, I guess if someone would have asked me, okay, well, what kind of couple are they? I guess you guys kind of fall into the, 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 the stag vixen uh, lane. And one of the things that I, I really liked about your dynamic is it reminds me of my own. And what I mean by that is you guys have a dynamic that is very much based in dominance and submission, um, meaning you are Liana's dominant. You are her daddy. Um, Correct. And obviously for my listeners, they know that that is how that is pretty much what my situation, you know, is Um, you guys are not married, but you're in, in a ongoing relationship just like me. I'm not married to my slave, but I've been with her for 10 years. So, I saw a lot of, of similarity in the energy that I was reading from the two of you when we were hanging out together um, at Splash. So just to, again, to familiarize my, my listeners with your situation, and I'm going to start with you, A, uh, why don't you kind of give us an idea of how you guys met? <clears throat> yeah, um, absolutely. We, we met on Tinder. <laughs> um, there I was swiping one day and came across her picture and I thought, uh, Oh, she's cute. She'll do. I swiped her right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the next day I got a match and it was her and it was like, Oh, how about that? Okay. And, uh, I'll, you know, we can both share our stories on that and, uh, meeting her upon meeting her in person a few days later, she was, uh, way more, way more beautiful and way sexier in person. And I had to have her. <laughs> so that's how we, that's the answer to the question. We, we met on Tinder. Okay. Now I, I forgot this question. How old are you both and how long have you been together? Sure. Uh, I am 43 and Liana is. I'm 48. As of today. Today's her birthday. Oh, well happy, <laughs> happy birthday to you. What better way to spend your birthday than letting the world hear your story? <laughs> no. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so why don't you kind of tell me uh, that story of how you met, but from your perspective, Liana, what, 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 what was sure. it about him that made you 
because I'm sure, I mean, you're a very attractive woman. You get guys swiping right on you all, all the time. And I'm sure you don't, you don't swipe right on all of them. So what was it about A's profile that made you say, okay, I'm going to dig a little deeper with this guy? Sure, sure. And it was, it was over three years ago now. So we've, we've been together for over three years. Um, but, you know, I, I was recently divorced and uh, didn't really want to have a serious relationship. And so I was just looking for fun and, you know, one night stands and hookups and just getting myself back out there. And I'd never done the dating online before. And I ran across daddy's profile and uh, he's hot. You know, I thought he was really sexy. And um, he just, you know, had led a party lifestyle. And <laughs> uh, I just thought he looked like a lot of fun in his profile. He was funny and witty. And um, he seemed like he was articulate and smart. And, yeah, I wanted to fuck him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I you know, was really pleasantly surprised when, um, you know, I got a match right away when I swiped. And then he reached out to me. And I was attracted by, you know, his boldness. Um, you know, he's pleasant and uh, reached out to me. And, you know, we, we had a good co- little, you know, kind of you know, lighthearted conversation. They actually didn't get sexual, which I was surprised about, but that was okay. Um, but he wanted to meet right away. And um, I was excited about that because, you know, a lot of the guys I'd run across, um, like, just didn't want to meet. They were just a bunch of weird fucking people on, uh, on Tinder. And, uh, <laughs> this guy seemed very, <laughs> this guy seemed very real. And so we met and like, I was completely blown away, blown away by him. His, I could feel his dominance just coming off of him. And it's just, it's so natural for him. It's just who he is. And, uh, I was very attracted by that and was extremely truthful and honest with him about my past relationships and, cheating and just, you know, why my marriage ended and all those things. Um, it, within like the first 10 minutes, I just let it out and he just had me captivated. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely lust and desire at first sight. And I, I, uh, was very attracted to his dominance. Okay. Uh, speaking on that note, and this is directed towards you, a, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Cause like I said, your situation kind of mirrors my own. So I'm curious. Sure. When did you, I guess, consciously decide to pursue, like, the dominant path? You know what I'm saying? Like, like not just, oh, yeah. uh, I'm dominant when I play with women, but I want to have this life where I have a submissive woman as my life partner. Like, when, when did, kind of give me an idea of what that journey was like for you. Yeah, definitely. It was probably about 15 years ago. I, um was uh, never really faithful, <laughs> was juggling a lot of women all at the same time and um, having a lot of fun doing it, but also not being a very good person. Um, I had a girlfriend who um, uh, thought I was faithful and I wasn't, and I was juggling others where um, I was really learning to um, uh, find my dominance and they were allowing that. and. Um, it, it felt, I fell into it very naturally, although very, um, not honestly, I guess you could say. And, um, I was dominant with, uh, 
a couple of others who were naturally submissive and it just felt very natural to play that role or to not even play a role, but to be in that role. And meanwhile, the girlfriend that I was with, um, found out I was not being faithful and, um, you know, so therefore I really couldn't be so much of a dominant with her and, um, a lot of fighting and realizing that this is not where I want to be. So I definitely lent my, um, a lot more of my time to, um, the women that I was able to express my dominant side. Um, and that's, that's kind of how it all began again, this is going back about 15 years. And it really began with women that were naturally submissive and willing to give themselves to me. And it felt very real. It felt very natural. And I realized then that that's what them being naturally submissive, uh, brought out that natural dominant, uh, side of me. And, uh, it, it, it never felt fake. It always felt completely real, completely natural. And this is me. And that's where, uh, that's kind of where it all started. One of the things that, you know, I say often, you know, whether it's on my show or in, in private conversations that I've had with people, uh, cause you know, in the area that I live in from going to, you know, to parties a lot, people know that I have a slave. We would go to parties that way. We would walk in the door that way. And so I would, you know, that would, you know, stimulate conversations with people who are curious about, um, you know, about that aspect of the lifestyle. And one of the things that I, I would often say is being dominant is a lot more than slapping ass, pulling hair and, and calling dirty names. And I'm just curious Absolutely. for you, when did you start to understand that? Like, when did you, when did your mind start to grasp the idea that, oh, there's, there's a lot more to this than what people think there is? Uh, it was several years later when I, when I realized that I, I, you know, it's more than just, um, (laughs) giving orders or punishing or disciplining your, your sub. Um, I think I realized it when, as I mentioned, I was not being faithful when those subs, uh, began to express to me that they needed more, um, maybe not so much, uh, to be there exclusive, exclusively to them, but they needed more, uh, emotional support, you know, to, to, um, understand their feelings, accept their feelings and treat them as if, um, as, as a daddy, as opposed to just constantly calling them names or uh, referring to them in a certain way, not, not, not degrading them by calling them names, but I mean, just referring to right. them in, as, right. uh, as my slut, my whore, you know, what have you. Um, so it was, it was definitely a learning process. It was more than just me getting my own and treating, these women, uh, so I, I would say those women, um, they definitely more or less guided me as to, um, what they, what they wanted out of me. They wanted me to be their dominant, but they also expressed to me what they needed, uh, along with the, 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 um, the rough sex, the, the, the discipline and, and, uh, everything else that most people think comes with being a dominant. So it was definitely a learning process over the years. And, um, as those years went on, um, uh, you know, where I felt necessary, where I felt it was necessary, I definitely, uh, provided that kind of comfort as well as, as their, as their daddy, as their protector and, and, uh, everything else that comes with that. Yeah. It, 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 it sounds very similar. It's like, it, it kind of hits you that just the sheer amount of responsibility that's involved with it, you know, Absolutely. That, that, that comes with that territory. And that's something that, 
you usually don't get in the beginning because like you said in the beginning it's fun it's like hey she'll do whatever i tell her and this and that and <laughs> yeah. you know i i get to feel like a king in my castle and you know it it it's it's very good for the ego you know let's be honest it's very very good for the ego yeah. but then you start yeah. to realize you know and I, and I was having this conversation with someone the other day when you accept that mantle of somebody's dominant you know that means you're running the show and if they're not happy if they're not fulfilled guess whose fault it is it's your fault. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now, uh, now I do it with ease. You know, I, I accept all the responsibilities and it's, it is no pressure. It's, it's just, you know, it's so, um, you know, natural. No, absolutely. So taking on, taking on all the responsibilities of it, you know. So Liana, now I'm curious from your perspective, you said that when you guys first started talking, you had, like you felt his, his, his dominant energy. Had you ever been, in a situation like that before? Like, have you ever been a submissive with a dominant or like, what was your experience level with it at the time you guys started talking? Like how familiar were you with the whole dominant submissive dynamic? No, not really. Um, I think I, you know, in in my past relationships and, you know, taking account to, you know, um, my career and I'm a mom, you know, so I have a lot of responsibilities where I am, have to take on a dominant role. I have a, you know, I have a leadership position in a company and so I play a dominant role there. Um, and so I've been in past relationships where I was more dominating than my spouse and that was really boring. <laughs> and then I was in another relationship where, he was more dominant, but in all actuality, he was just really an asshole. And so, um, I think I was sort of seeking that out. Um, I had been to sex clubs before I had kind of played that role a little bit just with sex with some partners and like that. But, um, I, I didn't realize I needed it until I met daddy and, uh, he just, he's very compassionate and, um, you know, just, uh, deep thinker and we had a lot to talk about and a lot to share. And I realized that I wanted to, you know, give this man my trust and my body and my love and my heart and, and my submission. I, you know, I, I just felt from him right away that he was going to be my protector and take care of me. And, um, and he does. And I never realized how much I needed that until him. Uh, maybe I wasn't ever ready for it before, but you know, I, I, I he found me at that point in time that I, I needed it. And, um, it's just more fulfilling of a relationship than I've ever been in because of it. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I, I love hearing mm-hmm. stuff like that when we kind of find that person that kind of completes us and, and allows us to be, you know, our, ourselves. And one of the things that I've always found fascinating about a dominant submissive dynamic, and it sounds kind of strange to say it because people don't really think about it this way, but from a submissive's point of view, there's a lot of freedom that comes in being submissive to someone. You know, there's the freedom in terms of being able to be your authentic self. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like the freedom to just be who you naturally are, knowing that 
this person has got your back. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to, to see that play out. Uh, a question that I have for you, A, is, and I'm, I'm always curious to ask the guys this question, do you remember when or about the time in your life where the, the things that make our friends upset, you know, we've all had friends and they get upset anytime a guy tries to talk to their girl, let alone the, the idea of, of the woman that they love playing with somebody. When did it start to dawn on you that, hey, this thing that drives most guys crazy with jealousy, this thing, like these thoughts turn me on like the idea of the woman that I'm with being with somebody else intimately, sexually, that excites me. Like, do you remember when that notion started to dawn on you? Absolutely. I do. Uh, going back to those relationships I mentioned about 15 years ago, the girlfriend that I was supposed to be exclusive with, um, that never crossed my mind with her sharing her. However, the uh, others that I was a dominant to, or a, a beginning dominant, I guess you could say, um, I began to have those thoughts of sharing them, and I, and I, I brought it up to them, to, uh, two of them specifically. Uh, um, I began to have thoughts of sharing them, but it was more about showing off what I possessed right. as a, a as a side piece, as as a um, you know like this this hot girl I'm fucking on the side. She wasn't my girlfriend. She was my, my sub, you know, my, she was my, my, my bitch on the side really. Right. And I began having, uh, thoughts about sharing her. Um, and I did bring it up. It was never racially, um, motivated, I guess it, it kind of, my thoughts were it kind of could, it kind of could have been anybody, a white guy, a Hispanic guy, a black, whatever. Um, that really wasn't on the table, but, uh, I did share my thoughts. Uh, with two of them specifically, one of them, um, thought it was kind of weird, but she was okay with it. And the other one who, who was definitely more submissive definitely said, uh, her response was I'll do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, it never happened. I never, I wasn't ready. I wasn't there, but the thoughts were, uh, were in, like in their infancy. And I was, I guess, looking back, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful enough that, but with being with both of them that I was, um, um, able and free enough to, uh, uh, confident, uh, confident enough to bring that up without it sounding, you know, outrageous or like a, a you know, too much of a, of a <laughs> outside of their kink, I guess you could say. Right. So let me, so, uh, never follow through with it, but yeah, it brought up, it came up about 15 years ago. Okay. So, the question that comes to mind when I hear you describe that is even though that these were, you know, women in your life, and I'm not saying that you didn't care about them on some level, but was there, like, there's a difference between, you know, sharing a woman that, like you said, is your side piece versus sharing the woman who, who, who has your heart. And I'm, sure. I'm curious, even in those beginning stages of you sharing did you think it was possible or did you, did you, did you see the difference? Like, did you say, Oh, I could do this, but did you question yourself? Like, could I, could I do this same thing with a woman that I love? At the, at the time? No. Um, it, 
I'm, I'm glad you asked that because with uh, the woman that I did love, um, I never once thought about that <laughs> sharing her. Um, but with the others, it was more about like showing off, I guess. Yeah. I like, it. um, like look at what I have and I'm, you know, and I'm letting you meaning the other man, I'm allowing you to enjoy her, um, as well. Um, I guess it was because of lack of the amount of love that I had for them. I hate to put it that way because I did have feelings for them, but I just did not love them as much as my girlfriend at the time. Um, even though I was being unfaithful, <laughs> it's not exactly love, but you know, things like that are skewed. But, um, no, to answer your question, I, I did not, um, I never thought about sharing, um, my, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time. So, it was always about the other that I'm uh, just kind of possession. So I'm curious, when, when did that enter the picture for you? And again, that's, a, you know, I'm sure that there'll be people out there listening to this who can, who've been in that situation. And like I said, again, because our situations kind of mirror each other, you know, I was sharing women before, you know, before I met my slave, you know, before I met this woman who I became in love with and I'm now you know, spending a big portion of my life with, you know, and, and that feeling is there, you know, like I said, as, as a dominant and you have these women that are submissive to you, it, it, it really, really strokes the ego, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like I said, you have them willing to just, you know, putting you in a position to do these things. And it usually does come before you have that woman who has your heart. So I'm just curious as to when did the transition, like when did you notice it starting to happen? Did it happen before what, like, was there somebody before you met Liana or did it start to happen with her where it's like, Oh man, I I'm, I'm falling in love with this woman and those thoughts are coming back. Can I do this or am I just going to go the monogamous route? I'll, I'll tell you exactly when it started. It started with Liana. Uh, our first date we had, uh, literally one glass of wine and we ended up back in my house. Um, but it started at that at, on our first date. And the reason why is because, uh, as, as she just mentioned here a little while ago that she had been unfaithful, uh, in her, in her past, uh, marriages, she's been married twice. And, uh, she let me know that immediately. And I had told her that, uh, I've never been married, but, uh, I've never also never really been faithful. <laughs> I've always uh, been quite, you know, quite the slanderer. I've always had somebody on the side or several on the side, I guess you could say. So it was very relieving to reveal all that, to, you know, with for each other. And going into this, neither one of us wanted a serious relationship. So I think it was established within like the first 15 minutes of us meeting over a glass of wine that neither of us were looking for something serious. I have someone else on the side or, mm -hmm. you know, someone I'm sleeping with and then her, you know, she, she's out of a marriage. She's not interested in anything serious. So let's us, us two hook up or whatever. And, but still have an open kind of uh, arrangement, I guess you could say. And that was like, that's where it was born. It was like, you know, immediately I looked in her eyes. I was like, damn, I found someone who's totally okay with me having one, two or who, however many on the side along with her right. and her, she was uh thought like, you know, um, 
I don't want to speak for her, but I, I kind of already know this because she told me that, you know, if I get to fuck him, then yeah, I have no problem with who else he fucks. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. And we, it just progressed. It, it, it just grew into something where, um, um, going from there, just being completely open. First off communication wise, that that's number one, as, uh, most people would, 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 um, agree with, um, and, and just being, uh, straight with, what you're looking for, what you're not looking for, what you want, what you don't want, what your limits are and what your boundaries are. And eventually going past them. If, if, if you, if you're both on the same page with that. So that's, it all started with Liana on our first date. Okay. Uh, knowing that I've been, and that we, of course we fell in love very quickly and those feelings were still there that, you know, we can still be open and, and moving on towards, you know, other, other kinds of arrangements which included um, sharing her and her sharing me as well. Wonderful, wonderful. And so, Liana, for you, and, and you've already brought this up a few times during our conversation here, um, that not only have you been married before, married twice, but you were unfaithful in, in those marriages. So I'm just kind of curious, um, what, in your estimation, what was it that led you to stray? I mean, because, you know, I understand people have different reasons. Sometimes they suspect their spouse of doing it. So, okay, what if, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Or, you know, I'm looking for the attention that I'm not getting. Or sometimes people just have a very high sex drive and their needs aren't being met. I'm just kind of curious as to, A, what led you to stray? And B, did you stray in both of your marriages or only your most recent one? Uh, <laughs> complete honesty, Michael. I love it. Um, I've always strayed, so I don't think there's ever been a relationship, a serious relationship that I've been in that I didn't, you know, cheat and have a one night stand or, you know, have feelings for somebody else. Um, I think part of it for me was I was just bored and I liked a challenge and, um, just, you know, maybe I, maybe I have ADHD. I was easily distracted. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I really, I tried, you know, in, in both marriages, I, I tried to be faithful, you know, cause I knew what I was doing was a bad thing and I was hurting people, but, um, I tried, but then like some, both relationships were not great. I've never, you know, prior to being with daddy, never been with anyone that I had really great communication skills with. And, and that was partially my fault, but really, you know, most men, sorry, but most men aren't great communicators. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a level of communication that I wasn't getting from, from anybody in my past relationships. And so, you know, I, I would just be like, well, if you're going to keep secrets from me or not share your whole self with me, then I'm going to go share myself with others. And, um, just maybe it was, you know, vindictive for me a little bit, but, um, it, you know, it was what I did. And, you know, I, uh, I did love this thrill of it. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Daddy and I have really replaced that because I, I respect him immensely and honor him and am committed to him and would never in my entire life cheat on him. And I, and that's true. I never would. And I never have. And, but we have a com completely different type of relationship, which I honestly didn't even think existed Right. Um, to be in a relationship like this with somebody. And so, 
you know, when I did meet him, I, I was not interested in going down that path again, you know, being in a relationship, ending up, you know, being bored and cheating and just going through that cycle. I wanted to change who I was. And so I was looking at relationships a much different way. And I, I had a friend that was Polly and that really wasn't for me. Um, but you know, I went to the sex club and, you know, met some swingers and I was like, well, this is kind of cool, you know? And then, um, it's like, okay, so people have different types of relationships and I, I need to look at the, what that is and be open to that. And like, I, like daddy said, we were, weren't looking for anything serious and I was just looking for another fuck buddy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Funny how those and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are. And, um, and we have a very unique and special relationship and, Tell you being at Splash it was amazing to meet other like-minded people uh, like you, Michael, and it's like we found our community, and it's it's wonderful to be, you know, with people that um, have similar stories. And I've had so much fun like hearing other couples' stories at Splash and what they, you know, how they got there and what they're involved in, what they're into, and and why. Um, it's just it's a really special community. So I'm really glad that you're building this and. We listen to your podcast a lot. Well, I'm <laughs> um, going through COVID, and it was amazing. And just you know, COVID couldn't do too much, unfortunately. But we we knew we wanted to uh, pursue this more thoroughly and meet more people, you know, post COVID. And so it's been wonderful to find other people that actually have relationships like we do. So, so one thing yeah. that I'm I'm curious to hear from you, Liana, is you know, having been through what you've been through, you know, and like you said, the boredom and uh, being unfaithful and the lack of communication. So here you are, you find yourself with A and the communication is great. You're not bored. And then he starts to tell you that he has these thoughts. He has these desires of, you know, sharing you, you being with other people besides him knowingly. You know, and I'm just curious, even though you had been exposed to, to, you know, to swingers and, and, and the like, when you're now in that position and this man who you're falling for is telling you, basically, I want you to be with other people under very controlled circumstances, but still I have these thoughts and these ideas and these fantasies of you being with other people. I'm just curious as to what, what was your reaction to that? initially like how did you process that because it it, it, it it almost had to sound like too good to be true but at the same time kind of confusing like wait a minute guys don't do this that's a great question so you know from the get-go you know the first minute of meeting him um you know we were being very open in our conversation about relationships and sex and you know just being open and all of that and so i was all for it and um was intrigued by him, of course, but by, you know, our prospects and what, what our relationship could be defined into or, or not defined into, I guess. And I was like, I'm all for this ride. You know, I was like, this is an amazing adventure that I want to have with him. And, um, you know, we, we didn't do, I mean, he still had some other girls he was hooking up with for a while. Um, you know, I, I didn't really do anything. So I, you know, I was okay. Like he, I have a busy life. And so the 
small amount of time I did have available, I just wanted to spend with him. But we we started um, like uh, we went to the sex club a couple times, and that was fun. And um, started with other couples, so we you know were on Tinder looking at other couples and um, we just were interested in meeting other people. You know, all of our friends are pretty vanilla and uh, we just wanted to see what we could find out there together. So I I was always open to the idea of it. Um, And what I loved about it and what what is still such a huge part of it for us is just the amount of communication we have around it. And, you know, what we're thinking about it, how we're feeling about it, you know, ends up being a kink for us and we, you know, fantasize about it and talk about it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything's just an adventure. So a lot of role play and, um, yeah. and moving on or role playing and then discussing what we just role played and like, damn, can we make this reality? And we're both open enough with each other that we're both like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I think what was really different about it than any other relationship for me was that here I was, like, I had, I mean, he is my dominant, and I am his, his submissive, but I'm like, here's a partner that, like, I can do this with together. Like, I felt like it was the two of us together, like, going through that experience and just having that bonding that was going through it. Like, it was so rewarding to explore that, to, to go through that and explore it together because it turned him the fuck on and it turned me the fuck on and... We just couldn't wait to, if we weren't together, talk on the phone about it together, text about it. It would just, you know, it's still <laughs> a part of our everyday communication. And so great that we have such a sexual chemistry like that, that I just want more and more and more of it. So. I think I put a collar on her, uh, what, three days in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I collared her. As a matter of fact, she's wearing it now. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was very quick and um, established what I, what I wanted and, and she was, um, completely open to it. So something else that I'm curious to hear from, from both of your perspectives, because, you know, listening to you, you both came from, let's just say situations where there was some drama involved, whether it was self-inflicted drama or outside drama, this, they they were not smooth paths when you guys (laughs) met each other. So being in something committed was like the furthest thing from your mind because you've both said looking for fun, you know, just something light and easy. But yet here you are three years later. So I'm curious, when did you feel something more for each other? Like, like who's, who, who said love first? Um, I, I got to tell you, for, uh, I love that you said it because that's – we we bonded over that immediately again on our first date that both, both of us have been pieces of shit, <laughs> you know, in, in past relationships. We bonded over that. We laughed about it. And, you know, we both admitted, like, I'm glad we could both admit that we were both the, the cheater, the one who caused the, the problems in our past relationships. And, and, and uh, like, that's really what led us to like, okay, well, instead of cheating, let's just have an open relationship. And we're like, yeah, that that's new for me, new for both of us. Like instead of constantly being caught and right. and, and, and uh, sneaking around, now <laughs> we don't have to. It was such a relief. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, as far as who said I love you, um, I've I've told her the first night. Um, she broke a record of mine. As a matter of fact, that first night, Michael and um, we fucked three times. 
uh, to completion that first time. <laughs> in like three hours. <laughs> in three hours. I've never done that in my life. I've never been able to, uh, you know, <laughs> come three times in a night that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I haven't actually. And, um, after maybe the first time, I believe, uh, I think I pinned her against the wall and like let my guard down completely with her. And I looked her in the eyes and I said, I could easily fall in love with you. And, um, I immediately re- regretted it right? because <laughs> it, was, it was nowhere I wanted to be, nowhere that I wanted to be with, with her, with anybody. And, uh, I felt like as soon as I said it, uh, I, I just completely ruined this, um, uh, whatever we were going to have. Like I was never going to hear from her again. And, you know, I just chased her away basically. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me back and, you know, she didn't say it back, but she, uh, you know, she acknowledged it. And I, I, I so yes, to answer your question, I, uh, I said at first, I said that I could, I could easily fall in love with you. And then it was maybe three days later, um, we were already toying with that. And, and then a couple of weeks later, it was like, okay, I love you. This is, this is real. This is, this is as real as it gets as real as I've ever felt, you know, both of us. So I will admit, uh, and I have no problem admitting that, um, uh, I said that after our first, uh, <laughs> our first round <laughs> on, our, on our first night meeting. Man, she got, she got that good pussy. She got you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward a, a, a little bit. Um, I'm just curious what it felt like for both of you to, and Liana, you can answer this question first if you can describe to my listeners what it felt like to be in this relationship as, as even aside, even removing the DS aspect of, you know, from it for a second, having this person who, you know, you're in love with, you have these intense feelings for, you don't have to hide anything about yourself. You have this amazing level of communication, this amazing level of being able to be authentic you know, mm-hmm. like what did what did that what did that feel like? To, you know, because it sounds like it was probably a first for both of you. It was incredible, and it still is. You know, you're right. It is. Uh, I've never been or really knew, knew who my authentic self was before Daddy, and to be able to be completely open and honest with him, and him not look at me well. He did look at me and say, you're a fucking slut, but you know what? He loved it. (laughs) And like that acceptance of, uh, just my infidelities, but also who I am as a person and my kinks and my fantasies and being, I've been a, you know, I started having sex when I was 15. So I've been a sexual person most of my life and being supported and, um, and, 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 encouraged to let that, that woman out, uh, was amazing. And I, would never felt that level of acceptance and adoration and compassion from someone before. And, um, you know, we just, it, it was magical, you know, and it still is. It's, uh, I, I love it. I, I completely trust him and you know he's got my back no matter what. And he is, you know, he's, my my solid rock you know he's who i come to for everything and uh it's it's amazing 
Oh, you got me off track, Michael. Now I'm just staring in his eyes, and I can't. I don't even know what I'm talking about. No, 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 you, you, you were fine. You were fine. Okay, so but same 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 question for you, a. You're you know you have this past. You have these women who you you know self admitted you didn't treat very well, and you weren't a great guy, and you know, and yet here you are. You're with this woman, and you you develop these feelings, and she accepts you. She knows about all your warts and wrinkles and everything, and. You have this communication and this trust and this openness. What what did that feel like for you, dude? To be honest with you, I uh, I never thought it, it it existed. You know, I always looked at marriage like a, a trap. You know, now I can't look around. Now I can't cheat. Now I can't you know, uh, basically straight boredom. When again, as you know, uh, we're not married. You've already mentioned that, but. Um, it was always harder to call myself a boyfriend, uh, knowing that there were others out there that, you know, I was with that I wasn't their boyfriend. So to be in this situation now is like, it's a whole new level of me, um, being, you know, I'm, I'm completely stripped down now as well. Um, she's seen me at my most vulnerable and I, I have zero problem with it. Um, uh, being that vulnerable emotionally and whatever it is, uh, as a dominant, I mean, I think that it just kind of comes with being, um, that person and being a dominant. It's okay. You know, that doesn't mean you have to hold, you know, everything without expressing some kind of, um, um, it's, you okay. Know, yeah. um, it's okay to be vulnerable. Sorry, I'm my thing. No, no, it's exactly. It's yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I see myself in a whole different situation. Like, I can't believe we are here. I can't believe I am here. And, um, you know, I look at her and I'm like, what better person than to be my true self with than her? You know, I'm no longer juggling three women, four women, whatever it is. And, and, and hiding phone calls and hiding where I'm going or where I am, you know, and like, I have everything I want with her and all my fantasies that I was able to share with one woman, but not another, you know, that, that those days are gone and everything that I'm able to, everything that I, whether it be fantasies or feelings or, uh, you know, whatever it is, I have it all right here. And, um, if my kinks have gone from having multiple women and, and having all of them please me in all different ways, uh, now to where I'm sharing her with multiple men. And if that's where my kinks have gone, and where I sit back and watch and I join sometimes, but I sit back and watch if that's where my kinks have gone. Then, I mean, I'm 100% happy with where I am. Um, and the person that, that she's brought out in me, you know, this true dominant to where I'm, I'm no longer, um, giving just small pieces of myself to several, several different women and giving her, giving all of myself to one that that's, that's the most gratifying. That's kind of wrapping it up. That's what I have to, that's what I'd have to say is uh, giving all of my facets, all of my levels and uh, layers of myself to one person is just um, immensely gratifying. No, that's, that's awesome. Awesome to hear. Now, obviously you guys met, I guess you were together for a little bit and then the world changed with COVID and everything. So that really forces us to really get into each other because we're so limited in what we can do outside of uh, being with each other. So I know from conversations that we had that prior to Splash, she had been with other people, but it was on a limited basis. What I mean is, you know, I, I think 
up to that point, she had only like blown some blown some guys. You know, she hadn't actually fucked anybody yet. And you said that you were waiting for Splash to do that. So I'm just kind of curious. Was that something that you intentionally set? Like, we're going to make the first thing happen at Splash? Or was it more about you weren't ready until Splash? Was it more of a timing thing for you? Uh, a little bit of both, uh, to be quite honest with you. I'll go back a little bit for you. We actually started um, swinging full swap with other other couples. And um, uh, that was fun, mostly for me. <laughs> Because uh, the women were very attractive, but the men were not to her liking whatsoever. Right. Um, they had sex with her, and she was always completely unfulfilled, and she was not, you know, she, it was kind of more or less taking one for the team because, you know, I was satisfied with uh, the wives for the most part, I guess. Um, a couple of them were pretty hot, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know, having fun with them. And um, I think after maybe the third couple, um, it was like, okay, this is kind of a, a pattern where the, the, the wife is kind of hot and the husband is not at all. She's right. not, you know, zero, basically zero attraction to him. So we moved on to basically, let's just try like a single guy. Um, and we had, uh, one or two, I guess one guy over, he was a white guy. Um, and I'll be honest with you. Um, he came over, we met him out in public and he came over and, um, he had no game whatsoever. She was not turned on by him. He was saying all the wrong things and just kind of whatever. And we looked at each other and just kind of like laughed about him. And, uh, and you know, they had sex and again, unfulfilled. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, okay, so that's, you know, we had a good time in this, you know, she and I, but after that it was just kind of, um, like let's now what you know and um i had known this but she had never been with a black man before mm -hmm. and i brought it up like how about okay we've kind of the common denominator here is that she seems to be kind of uh unsatisfied i guess you could say uh by you know and liana is caucasian uh she uh seems to be unsatisfied by by the white by white guys so like what if we introduce um a black gentleman and you know, we, we role played it and we talked about it and it was became like, Holy shit. What if, you know? <laughs> um, and that's kind of where it started. Um, but we put an ad out and we got, I don't know, 40 <laughs> men <laughs> all interested. Um, so to answer your question, we, we, we eased into that. Um, we did not, she did not have sex. She began giving uh, blowjobs while I filmed and it was incredibly, uh, uh, awesome. <laughs> complete, uh, she's amazing at what she does. Um, it was more a matter of, can we go there? Um, and uh, again, I hate to bring race into it, knowing that she had slept with the white guys, uh, but hesitant about the black guys. It was more like taking the steps to, uh, to get there mm -hmm. and whether that meant, whether that means, um, taking steps to make sure that we are secure or just like knowing that we're, we're going, this is like next level because, um, you know, the size, I guess you could say, and, um, how far do we want to go with this and all that. So, um, that's, that's kind of how that turned out. Um, and then we heard about splash and, uh, 
we're like, yeah, okay, so timing, yeah. Um, we got flaked on once right before Splash because she, she felt that she wanted to be broken in <laughs> before Splash, right. and the guy flaked on us. <laughs> and so, you know what? Fuck it. Splash is two weeks away. Let's just fucking do it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I did. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. She became a true queen of spades. Well, no, I, I, I heard the stories and I, I saw it. So <laughs> I can definitely get no, you definitely get no argument from me. Um, so you, you had these experiences prior to splash and you know, you're like you said, it's, it's limited, you know, she's playing, but she's, she's not going all the way. And then you had the one gentleman where she was ready, but then like you said, he flaked for, you know, for whatever reason, and so you said, okay, we're going to wait for Splash. And then Splash comes, and, and, and you guys get down there. And, I mean, you, you know, you've been to a Splash now, so you know it's, it's nothing but opportunity. You know, it's, it's opportunity as far as the eye can see. You know, there's no... Never got a loss. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no one has to go home to let the dog out or got to get the kids up in the morning. You know, it's pretty much a captive audience for multiple days in a row. Um, you know, your opportunity is as far, as long as it takes you to walk to your room or to their room, you know, like it's all right there. (laughs) So you're there, you know, she meets or runs into that first guy and, you know, in your mind, it's like, okay, this is, this is not a drill. Like this is, is going to happen. And I'm just curious from both of you, what were you thinking? You know, because like I said, the, the the previous encounters, you both knew that there was there's a there's a stop sign here. Like there's a you know, we know that this is only going to go. But so far, no matter how bad you both want it, we know that this is only going to be this is going to end with you blowing him. And then when you were yeah. ready again, the guy flakes, so it never happened. So now you're at splash. There's there's no fear of flaking. There's no stop sign. So you're about to enter uncharted territory. This is not a couple. This is, you know, this is putting her needs first. This is about what she wants. There's no taking one for the team or anything like that. So I'm just kind of curious to hear, and Liana, I'd like you to go first. What did that feel like? Like before it happened, like knowing that it's coming, what, what were those moments like for you emotionally? You know, I was nervous and excited and, um, you know, I just, I, I was so ready for it to happen. I mean, I had, you know, it wasn't like I had never had sex before, obviously, but it's just, just kind of a new experience for right. us. And, um, I mean, Splash is a very <laughs> unique experience anyway. Um, but I was just excited. Um, didn't know what it was going to be like, you know, we had, heard things and read things and of course listened to your podcast about it, but I just had never felt it for myself. And so, um, I was excited. Our, our trip down there was, you know, we talked about it the whole way. We were all excited and, um, just couldn't, couldn't wait to be immersed in it. And it was, it was amazing. You know, I came in and, uh, everyone was very friendly and welcoming and, you know, just, very, the, the sexual energy was just so open, you know, I was hugging and kissing and touching and feeling and, you know, just uh, had you know, a lot of men come up and say they had seen my pictures, 
you know, uh, the chat beforehand and they were eager to meet me and it was wonderful to just be, um, desired like that. And of course, daddy always tells me how beautiful I am and you know, how sexy I am, but it was wonderful to you know see all these other men that felt the same way. And, uh, I know daddy was really proud of me and that I think was probably the, uh, the most rewarding thing of all to me was that I made him proud and, um, that, <laughs> that, you know, he, he was, you know, proud of me and, um, you know, he's brought the best self of me out and I'm like the most amazing internal and external version of myself and it's all because of him. And so I, w- I was there, you know, because of his coaching and guidance and love for the past three and a half years. And so it's like, here we, here we were finally, it was really right. surreal. Yeah. It was like um, all that, all that um, practice led up to game time. Exactly. Yeah. It was like, we game on, like, here we are. And uh, the whole COVID factor too, right? Like, you know, I I think we probably would have been here a lot sooner than we were because Mm -hmm. of COVID. Um, But that gave us the opportunity to, you know, we we still had people over during COVID. We were just really careful about it, but it gave us the opportunity to just really thoroughly, explore it together and talk to each other about it and build it up and, you know, have um, role plays and kinks and fantasies about it. And so the reality of it actually happening was, was very surreal, but it was just the most amazing experience. And I was, I was ready (laughs) (laughs) and everyone was very attractive and friendly and um, men I wanted to be with. And I just, you know, it's like, Oh, (laughs) A whole new door had opened up for me, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. And a from your perspective, what was what was it like to have it to see it to fruition? You know, all the way through this time. Uh, I knew what we were walking into. Um, all, uh, although uh, when we got there, I was like, "Holy shit, this is way more than I expected." <laughs> Daddy needed uh, a moment. I needed a moment. Yeah. We had to go to the room. Um, Holy shit! The, the amount of attention she garnered as we, as we walked in the door and checked in well, it was like, "Oh my lord, this is uh, way more than." And I was totally, you know, it's not like I was jealous, but it was totally like, <laughs> I was like, "Holy," you know. So uh, we needed to retreat to our room, unpack, and just take some deep breaths and um, and like. Okay, what? Like, how serious this was. But upon her, not a dress rehearsal. <laughs> this is the oh, man, it, Yeah, <laughs> it, it's an incredible experience, and we cannot wait to go back. We we plan on doing it uh, as often as we can. But uh, the very first time, um, I was like, shit. Like you said, it, it was this is game time, and seeing her being bent over. Uh, by another man was truly incredible. It was like watching, um, it's always, we always have porno sex, but it was like watching, um, a, a, a porno right in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, with, with a, a, with a real life porn star. Um, and she's my favorite porn star, but seeing her, uh, go at it with someone right in front of me was, um, uh, it was incredible to be honest with you. She looked like a fucking million bucks. Um, I, I've even told her, I was like, even, you know, after, even after the first, you know, after several men there, I was like, you, you sound different when you're fucking someone else. You even look, look different. And I fucking love it. You know, it's, it's, I think cause I'm, I'm removed from, from it. I'm, I'm not 
you know, it's not me that the, right. who's on top of her, it's someone else. Or So it was just seeing this woman that I'm in love with, you know, a different side of her was just like, you know, I just wanted more of it. And, um, you know, I believe you said something earlier um, about the inner slut. Well, we've long uh, let that go. There is no inner slut with her. She is just a fucking gorgeous slut. And I embrace um, all of that. And so does she. And I think it shows in her, um, her body, her demeanor, her confidence. Um, and so I think that's very, it, it, it sucks for women that they have to hide that. Um, but, you know, seeing that I, I saw her inner slut just come out, you know, uh, out, out from aside from just with me, you know, right, right. and her, her giving herself and watching and then giving herself to, uh, not one man, but several men and also me giving her away. And, uh, you know, it's almost like I'm not getting that part of her back anymore. I'm not, I'm not getting that part of her back again. And it was a fucking turn on. It was a complete turn on. It wasn't like, uh, I did have moments where I have had moments where I feel like I'm giving a piece of her away. And, um, but at splash and in this situation, it was like, it was just a mind blowing experience. And, uh, um, it's, uh, I, I was completely, I welcomed it for sure. Watching another man enjoy her and take her and also watching her blow, you know, several guys' minds like, yeah, she's, she's fucking hot. Isn't she? Yes, you know. I mean, let's so, be let's be honest about one thing because it's something that I had to, you know, come to realize myself. And in, in the in the intervening years, I've seen it play out many, many times. The type of women that we encounter in this lifestyle, and and the hotel at Splash was full of them. Like that's probably the largest concentration you'll see of them in one place is at an event like Splash. Yeah. But when women get to that point, and this is actually a question that I want to ask to Liana, but when women get to that point where they are, where the shackles are off and they're able to be their true, passionate, sex loving, sex craving, being able to be vocal about what they want and what they need, one guy's not going to do it. It's, you know, it's like if, 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 if you are an insecure guy, you are not going to make it with a sexually liberated woman. You're just not, right. you know, like if, if you've got a fragile ego, you're not going to make it with one of these women. And it's beautiful to see them in a situation where they are able to spread their wings fully and you're able to see exactly what they're capable of. Like, holy shit. You know, because, you know, when we're alone with them, you know, it's, it's, it's limited. You know, it's just us. But when yeah. you can sit back and you see what happens when they are unleashed and able to be everything that they can be, it's it's awe inspiring. It's jaw drop, dropping. It's mind blowing. Whatever other superlative you want to use, it's yeah. all it's all of those things. And the question I couldn't have been better myself. That's exactly how I felt. Right. Yeah. And the question that I want to ask uh, Liana is: I always have a tremendous amount of appreciation for for women in this lifestyle because I understand the obstacles they had to overcome from a societal standpoint, you know, as far as 
slut shaming and you know society saying that you know if if you're a slut you're not going to find love men men will fuck a slut but men won't love a slut you know hearing that over and over and over and so to find yourself in a situation where you're able to be as sexually free as you ever dreamed of being and at the same time being over being able to look over into the eyes of a man who loves you and embraces you with all of that who takes all of that and encourages you what did it you know because you had talked about things and you had done things prior to Splash, but Splash was like everything kind of coalescing. Like it all came together at Splash. And I'm just curious for Liana, like what did that feel like from you to like, oh my God, here I am being this, this as slutty as I've ever been in my entire life. And yet the man I love is right there looking at me in ways that I've never seen him look at me before. And it's even more intense. It's even more love. Like what did that feel like for you? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I've never felt more confident in my entire life and, and continue to feel that confidence in how I look and that but being a sexual person and, and, you know, not having to hide it. Like that's so fulfilling. You know, I was always the girl that was the, the raunchy girl in the group that would make raunchy off color jokes that people would just think I was so crass and you know now now I'm with a bunch of like-minded individuals that I can have those conversations with one so it, it was fulfilling to find my group of people our group of people but also just um from you know seeing how far daddy and I had come in our relationship you know like I have never felt a deeper more truer sense of love in my entire life it's soul fulfilling to me and I I've been married before I've been in relationships before and you know been around the block um and I've never had that type of relationship with anyone that would give me that amount of confidence and um acceptance of who I am and uh it's it's so fulfilling it's uh it's just it's something I never thought I would experience and you know it's funny that you say you know in most relationships, you know, there, there's infidelity or whatever, you know, most relationships don't work because there isn't that trust with each other and there isn't that bond. And, you know, most people would look at our relationship and think, oh, there, there's no way they're going to last or there's no way that works, you know. Mm-hmm. But here we are most, in the most fulfilling relationships either one of us has been in. So, you know, it's uh, it's given us, more than I've ever imagined I could have in a relationship with somebody. And I've been feeling myself better about myself. That actually leads me directly into a question that I have, I have for A. I've listened to you, sure. you know, kind of talk about yourself and, 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 the, t- and the type of person that you were in, in, in those previous relationships and, you know, being aware of your own shortcomings and, and faults and, and whatnot. So I'm just kind of curious when you, 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 you look at this woman who you now share your life with and you look at what you've brought to each other's lives and you look at the, the truths that you're able to share with each other, how does it feel to look in the mirror 
and see a good man looking back at you? <laughs> wow. Um, like to know that you're doing, say, to know that yeah. you're doing right by the woman that you love. Like, what does that feel like yeah. for you? Yeah. Sometimes I think about um, if anybody, if like any of my friends were to were to know uh, what we're involved in, you know, if it would, it would, if that would like diminish like our friendship or their, their view of me. But I look at, you know, if you to answer your question, if you say, when I look in the mirror, I say that I'm um, in the best place that I could possibly possibly be because of who I am with, and um, nothing could ever touch us. No person, no nobody's opinion could ever touch could ever touch us. Could ever touch my comp, my level of uh, confidence and ownership of her. Um, in relation to this, I, I do want to say that. Um, um, it's just knowing yourself, you know, I think about her and I know, I know all of her stories, you know, like she mentioned, she's been having sex since she was 15, you know, in high school. And I know the kind of girl she was, she was, you know, promiscuous in high school. And I look at her, you know, with other men, but also being completely accepted for who she is and what she's doing by me. And I look at her and I just think she, this is exactly where she was meant to be being that she's, you know, been promiscuous, uh, since <laughs> she's been having sex, you know, and, um, this is her, her, her path, I guess you could say, um, like, of, of course she is here mm-hmm. in this relationship with someone that is uh, accepting of her, her prom- promiscuity and, and, and being shared with several men. Um, so this is exactly her path, not, uh, led her to the, cause you're not trying to change her. Okay. Cause you're not trying to change her. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so, uh, going back to what you just asked me, you know, I, I look at, if you're asking if, you know, the person I see in the mirror, I say, of course, this is exactly where I am, (laughs) you know, um, being, you know, I'll go back to where I said, giving little pieces of me to several different women. Um, I mean, giving myself all of myself, all of my kinks, all of my desires, no matter how, outrageous I may think they are or uh, like, Oh, this one's going to, this, this, whatever kink I have or fantasy in my mind is what's going to make it weird or whatever it is. I have zero worries about that at all. Um, hell, as a matter of fact, it led us to splash. (laughs) So, and, and that just tells you we're both on the same page. So I, um, looking in the mirror, I see exactly the man that I, I want to be not who my friends think I am or whatever it is. Um, uh, so therefore I have, I have no hangups about, um, the relationship that I have with her and the person that I am. I know that I'm being good to her and, um, and aside from the sex and, <clears throat> and the, the kinks that we have, knowing that I'm there for her is, is really all that matters and all that, all that other stuff comes easily because of, uh, of, uh, of who I've chosen to give her give to her, which is all of me, mm-hmm. you know, no secrets, no, uh, no secrets, no, no nothing. No, that's, it's, 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 I can't even put into words like what it feels like to, and this is from either, either perspective, what it mm-hmm. feels like to find someone and to wind up with someone who just, just accepts all of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I've yeah. often used the, the metaphor or the analogy of 
you know, I'm, I'm a loaf of bread. And when I say I'm a loaf of bread, I mean, I'm, I'm the butt pieces, you know, I'm that mangled piece at the back, you know, the crumbs, like you, you gotta, you've got to take the whole loaf. You know, you just, you just can't take the nice slices in the middle and not everybody wants the whole loaf. Not everybody can handle the whole loaf. Um, and so when you find someone that wants the whole loaf, you know, the, just the, 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 like I said, the, the crusty pieces at the end that people sometimes just throw away, you know, it's with a mold, with a mold on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to find someone that wants all of that and appreciates all of that, you know, and it's just, it's, it's really cool for me to see situations like yours. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate them all. I appreciate everyone who comes onto my show because everyone's journey is unique but there's just something special about those people who have kind of been through the ringer before they found each other. You know, yeah. they, they had been through some shit and they had been with people and it, it didn't work out. And, you know, they had to throw in the towel and start over. And sometimes they had to throw in the towel again and start over, but yet they, they, they never quit. They never gave up. And then somehow they find themselves here and you can hear yep in their voice just how happy and thankful and appreciative they are to be where they are, to be in this situation because they didn't think something like this was possible. Dude, totally. Yeah. I never thought it was possible, you know, from the, from the, the get go, you know, I, neither of us wanted, you know, like, Oh great. I've another, another fuck buddy for uh you know a tuesday of the week you know right. she's my tuesday girl my friday whatever you want to call it and right. then you know that was kind of like uh when i swiped on her on tinder i was like oh she'll do right you know and then seeing her walk through the door like whoa fuck she's way hotter in, in real life than her pictures but yeah going back i mean going back three and a half years now like she was just in <laughs> initially was supposed to be just a Oh yeah, someone I'll spend you know one or two days a week with, mm -hmm. um, while I have others, and now here we are. So yeah, it's um, my, my pictures match my personality much better now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like I, I was trying to hide. <laughs> no, and I and I and I and I I get it, you know, because and I've I've often, you know, like it's it's interesting because you kind of exemplify the advice that I've because that I've tried to give guys because guys ask me all the time, you know, how do I find a woman that that's into this and everything like that? And one of the things that I'll often say is number one, they're right under your nose. And what I mean by that is on all these sites, whether it's Tinder, whether it's match, whether it's eHarmony, you know, my thought process is there's no way you're going to convince me that all of those women are quote unquote good girls. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but they'll all present themselves that way because society says that's the kind of women that men are looking to settle down with. So they'll all wear that mask. And, you know, it's the ones who have that past where, you know, where sex was kind of a big part of it, where, whether positive or negative, you know, it's where it, maybe it's ended relationships and maybe it's caused problems with friendships, but they're not going to put that stuff on their profiles, you know, 
But yeah. yet, when you find those women, this lifestyle holds a certain amount of appeal to them. Number one, they didn't think it was possible. They always thought they had to choose one path or the other. They, they didn't know that there was this road that combined them both. Like, wait a minute, I can be in love and be a, and be a freak. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know that Absolutely, those two things. Could, I didn't know that those two things could coexist um, because, like I said, society says that they can't. Society tells women that those things cannot coexist. Um, but those of us in the lifestyle, we know that's a, that's a bunch of bullshit. They, they can coexist yeah. and we see it all the time. And when you went to splash, you saw it like you saw a bunch yeah. of men at splash walking around with that same look on your face and that same look in their eyes that you have, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just a beautiful, from my perspective, it's just a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see these relationships work in a, my red, just in a variety of different ways you know, the different ways that people come into it, the different backgrounds, the different circumstances, but yet we all wound up at Splash, but yet everybody's story was different. Everybody's story is different, you're right. And like, I've seen where people will get into this lifestyle if their marriage is struggling, if their if they're, their sex life is born, they haven't had sex in months, and they're not attracted to each other anymore, and they open the doors, they open the bedroom, and on boom, all of a sudden their marriage is saved, right? If they, um, you know, by bringing in another another person, whether a male, female, a couple, whatever it is, and next thing you know, they're at Splash and having the time of their life and their marriage is stronger than ever, you know? And then there's our story where, you know, we came from backgrounds of, we were always in um, um, philandering. Right. <laughs> we were never faithful. And like, okay, well, let's add that to our relationship, keep it open, but be honest with each other and go into this, like, how much more kinky can we get? Well, fuck, let's, well, let's <laughs> open door number or whatever, you know? So yeah, everybody's story is different. And, um, um, I think I'm, I'm quoting you as a matter of fact, I, I think I heard on another podcast you did <laughs> after being in this lifestyle, I think you said, uh, you'll never look at another white woman the same way again. <laughs> you, you always kind of uh no i won't look at someone like oh they, they have a secret or they have you know something behind them you know or open i guess you could say yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I i've learned to never ever ever judge a book by its cover ever yeah I mean, never I, I never will again you know i've se- i've seen entirely too much <laughs> these eyes yeah, have, these, yeah. I, these eyes have seen entirely too much so i always try to be mindful of the time so before I, before i let you guys get out of here i want to ask you each each a question and liana sure. I, i'd like you to go first you may have a woman out there who may stumble across this podcast maybe someone will refer it to her or maybe she'll just be you know, surfing through Spotify or Apple and, and, and we'll come across your episode and she'll be listening to it and your story will resonate with her. So I'm curious, what did, what words of encouragement would you have for that woman out there who she's had trouble remaining faithful to her past, you know, boyfriends, husbands, what have you, and she's kind of staring the rest of her life in the face thinking, Am I going to find love? Can I find love? Do I have to completely change who I am in order to find it? Do I have to decide between path A or path B? Or is there someone out there who will accept me for who I am? 
what would your words of encouragement be to that woman out there who is listening to this, who's having that conversation with herself? Um, that's a great question, Michael. I, I would say, you know, redefine, you know, what love is to you and redefine what a relationship needs to look like, um, you know, cause it hasn't worked for you in the past. <laughs> so redefine what it could be. And, uh, you know, there are so many people that are so open to having those conversations nowadays and uh, so many amazing podcasts like yours where people are sharing their stories and there is no normal, you know, and there doesn't need to be. Um, and whatever it is that you're into, there are other people out there that are into that too. And just be open to it and um, don't be afraid to share your thoughts with others. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, when I met daddy, you know, the first like five minutes, I'm spilling my guts and inside my head, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm just going to scare this guy away. You know, he'll, he'll want to fuck me. And then that's all he's going to want. And, you know, I was okay with that, but you know, here, here we are three and a half years later and I'm more in love with anyone than I ever thought I would be. And that he's accepted me for exactly who I am and helped me become the best version of myself. And so no other relationship that was defined by what society tells me is normal was able to do that for me. And so don't let society or your family or your vanilla close-minded friends hold you back from who you want to become because this is your fucking life to live. You have one and make the most out of it and don't you know, look back with regret that you didn't do things the way that you knew you should do. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you know, don't go with the norm, you know, buck the trend, you know, do, do, do something for yourself. <laughs> I'm glad I did, you know, um, I uh, could have swiped left, you know, yeah. one thing, or I could have just like said, this isn't for me. Um, I, I, I have to be in a normal vanilla, boring relationship, knowing exactly where that was going to lead, or I could take a chance and, and, you know, Thank, stretch my boundaries and thank, stretch, thank stretch God what you, I want to be. Thank God you both swipe right. <laughs> we, we talk about that all the time, how like, man, all of this could have been non-existent if just one of us had swiped left. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely, you know? absolutely. So for you, A, the, the, the question that I want to let you get out of here with is, sure. you know, the guys out there listening to this who – you know, they haven't been good boyfriends. I mean, they, they haven't, not only have they not been good boyfriends or good partners, but sometimes they even question if they're even capable of being good boyfriends. You know, can I, can I be a good partner? Can I find someone who inspires me to want to be the best version of myself for them? what would you say to those guys who were doubting? Cause like you said, you were very cynical about marriage and you know, you're not married. You don't have that piece of paper, but there's no way that you mm -hmm. can tell me that you don't love her just as much as any husband loves his wife, you know? 100%. So I'm not even caught up on the piece of paper aspect of it because to me it's, it's the, 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 the intensity of the love and the, the commitment, the caring, you know, the empathy and all of that, that, really makes it work 
So I'm just curious, what are, what would your words of encouragement be for those guys who are doubting if they can even be a viable partner to someone? I would definitely say let uh, let jealousy <clears throat> let jealousy and ego go. Uh, definitely don't let ego run your run your life. You know, um, it did mine for a long time, and it actually takes a lot of ego uh, letting go of your ego to fall in love and to drop your guard, and that's okay. And whether it be the whether it wanted to be in the lifestyle or, or anything else like that. If you're okay with the person in the mirror, like you had mentioned earlier, when I see, when I look at myself in the mirror, if you're okay with that person, that's all that matters. You know, anybody else's opinion of you, even your best friend, your guy friends, whatever it is, those don't matter. If you're okay with the person you're looking at, um, uh, then that's all that matters. Uh, for the longest time, um, it was hard to, <laughs> look at myself in the mirror, you know, I'd, I'd be on my way home to my girlfriend you know, with, uh, you know, somebody else all over my dick and I would laugh about it, but I would also be nervous walking in the door mm-hmm. and that's no way to live. And, um, I'd, you know, walk in, take a shower and couldn't even look in the mirror. And, um, and it's even worse whenever you get home and your girlfriend wants to have sex with you. <laughs> You're like, fuck. Uh, you got you to so, muster up the energy. Exactly, yeah. So if you can, if you can accept yourself and your, all your faults, and hell, if you can find someone to accept your faults um, and, and love you anyway and accept you that way, then, I mean, there's really nothing else. You know, it's um, – and – moving towards this lifestyle, it's, it's really like whose opinion really cares. You know, if your vanilla friends, you know, give you shit about it or if they, if they find out or, you know, you choose not to tell them, uh, whatever, but you know, there's always this community, uh, it, and trust me, it exists for listeners out there. This community exists where you don't have to, uh, you don't have to hide your, your kinks or your, um, the type of relationship uh, you have with your, your, your loved one. You get to share your kinks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and also, and find the partner that best fits that, um, um, whatever it is that's on your mind and, and where you, where you want to go. Like Liana just said that you have one life to live. I mean, living it with, uh, you know, uh, someone you, you don't, you're not a match with, but just because, you know, you're tied down now, whether it be with a wife and kids and whatever it is, uh, it's a way to live, you know? So be, you know, get right with yourself and be, be the person you want to look at in the mirror. And, um, and that should be enough. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Thank you both uh, for sharing that. Uh, before I let you get out of here, um, how can people find you? Like I, I know that you're on Twitter. So what is, how can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, this is for Liana. I'll let her answer. So yes, we have um, a Twitter account. I have a Twitter account <laughs> um, and it's uh, Liana Lust. So it's L-I-A-N-A mm-hmm. and Lust. Now is, there a, is it all one word? Is there a hyphen? Is there an underscore or is it just all Liana Lust? It's all Leanna West, one word. Okay. So and I be- also have, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. So our Twitter is new. Um, I also have Fat Life. 
And how can under people, Liana Lust. How can people find you on FetLife? Uh, just the name Liana Lust. Again, all, same, one word. all one word. So that would be L-I-A-N-A-L-U-S-T? Yes. All mm-hmm. right. And are you guys on then we, SDC or SLS or anything? No, we're not. Okay. But you can reach uh, me on Twitter. So, okay. And then uh, we have an OnlyFans that we're starting up as well. Okay. Well, I will definitely make sure I include the, the, the link to that so people can check that out if, 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 if they'd like. And um, I want to thank you both for being here. I mean, and for taking some time out and for sharing your story with, with all of my listeners. It's, it's greatly appreciated. So thank you for that. Um, anything else that you want to say before I tie, this, tie a bow on this? Uh, yeah, Michael, actually, I've got two things to say, if you don't mind, if you, sure. have, a, you yeah. have a quick minute. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first question I have for you, has anyone ever in, uh, interviewed you about your background, about your, you know, your, your journey? Um, I got kind of interviewed. Yeah, I've been on a few podcasts, and for, I think it was my one-year or second year anniversary, um, I had an episode where people submitted questions and Venus uh, actually interviewed me. So I guess, yeah, kind of in a sense, uh, not a a full featured kind of peeling the curtain back and let's ask Michael the hard questions. Like, I don't know if that's happened yet, <laughs> but I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Okay. We, we love what you're doing for this, uh, for the community. Um, and, uh, and as you know, Liana is, uh, she loves, uh, <laughs> she has a huge crush on you. <laughs> and anyway, uh, so we're both very curious about you and, you know, just your, your background and all that. So that I just had to ask that. And, um, one thing just to wrap it up, um, I, I'll try to make it quick. Um, there's a lot of different relationships in this lifestyle and, you can go into this lifestyle with a lot of judgment and this is mostly for the listeners out there, but I I just want to say it. Um, what I experienced at splash, uh, was something like I've never seen before. And as far as relationships, you know, there's the stag mixing, there's the Dom sub and the one that really kind of takes the, um, I guess, uh, kind of encompasses it all. A lot of it is the cuckold situation. Mm Um, with that, Sometimes the word cuckold can be used in a derogatory form right. towards men who share their wives. And it's easy to do. Um, and it, it's, it's very easy to judge. Uh, I'll admit at one time I did, um, I said, well, I'm not a cuckold I'm this. So therefore I'm better or however you, however you, you look at it or you, you put yourself in a category above that. Um, I just want to say for the listeners out there after my first, uh, uh, experience a splash seeing true cuckolds there with their, their wives who were, you know, whatever King or role play, whatever uh, lifestyle uh, role they have. I have to say that these men that, that, that identify as cuckolds, they probably have the biggest fucking balls in the room mm-hmm. to go out in public and to go out in a hotel in, a, in an event that is so full of testosterone that, men are taking over their wives and they are there in public showing, you know, pretty much the world, the kind of man they are. Um, so getting into this lifestyle to, to, to men and women too, let's drop the judgment of, um, of cuckold and what cuckolds really mean, because I can tell you something, me personally, if I was ever, if I ever identified as a cuckold, 
I don't think I could ever go out in public at, to an event like that and show myself. It would probably re- remain behind closed doors or probably just in my own mind. Um, and, um, in the closet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So those men that, those men that identify as cuckolds or that are submissive to their wives, um, whatever that, that's their own thing, um, withhold the judgment and just be appreciative that, you know, th- those kinds of men out there, they, they, I have to give it to them. They, they probably have the biggest balls in the room, those confidence room to go out and, and present themselves in that manner. Um, so I just wanted to say that for your listeners that, uh, there's no one, there's no one type of relationship or man that's better than the other, um, in this lifestyle as I have learned and I've, I've totally changed my mind about pretty much everything about this. You know, uh, as you know, as I mentioned, we took our time getting into this, like, mm-hmm. does this mean that I'm this, does this mean this, that, and the other, you know, what if, what if this, what if that, you know, and upon getting there, it's just like, these are all my, these are all all our community and we should all be welcoming and, and, uh, accepting of everybody who's in this. So I I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest and say that to, uh, listeners who are, uh, especially aspiring cut, uh, cuckolds, I guess if you want to call them aspiring or Mm -hmm. those that are, uh, afraid to come out or, um, or, uh, show that side themselves. I just wanted to say that to them. No, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a, you know, a, a tremendous amount of respect and you know that that's it's really cool to see that at an event like splash um like i said they're 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 a special breed of guy man like they and i've said this many yeah. times they they've achieved a level of unselfishness that i know that i don't possess and so i and i admire that <laughs> yeah. like yeah. i do like on a, yep. on a very basic level that's to be admired you know what i'm saying like someone that is truly yeah. able to put another person first in that way you know what i'm saying like i know that i i don't i don't possess that that trait not to that level and it's it's to be admired and definitely to be respected um so with that being said you know before i i close this up i just want to you know i always want to give a special shout out to my patreon supporters because you guys know none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you so thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support um, you guys mean the world to me and I'm going to keep doing what I do because of the support that you've shown me. Um, for those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, like I say, maybe this would be the episode that will make you say, you know what? We, we like what this Michael C guy is doing. We want to, we want to, so, you know, we want to see him continue. We want to see him thrive. We want to show him some support. So thank you. Um, with all that being said, a huge shout out and thank you to my guests, A and Liana. Thank you guys. And I'm your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And I will see you when I see you. Peace.